Hi, welcome back to the Terms and Conditions. My name's Martha, um, and I wanted to sit down today and do an episode on uh, harassment and the ways in which people enact gendered behaviours in public um, and things that aren't necessarily uh, seen as harassment uh, by men or people who aren't, you know, educated about these kinds of processes and these kinds of um, behaviours, but... Uh, things that we need to be educating our kids about and, like, educating ourselves about. Um, and that's what I want to talk about today. Um, and I wanted to, like, weave in a little bit of a personal narrative um, that happened to me and has, like, inspired this episode, um, which happened uh, last weekend. It's now Thursday, so it happened, like, you know, a good few days ago. Um, but I went out um, with my housemate on a Sunday uh, in London to go to uh, a women's march. Um, I think it was called March for Women or something like that. And it was for International Women's Day, which we've had this week. Um, and we were in a in a pret, in like a cafe, um, getting lunch before we were gonna go to this march. And this guy came up to us in pret um, and basically just started like talking talking to us about his life and saying, you know, like he was so busy and like he had all this stuff to do. And we were sitting at this table and he was kind of, he was quite tall and he, it, it definitely felt quite overbearing. Um, and you know, my husband and I were having like a perfectly lovely conversation and, and I've recently moved in. So, you know, it's, it's a process to like get to know each other. And so we've been getting to know each other and like hanging out. Um, and yeah, this guy sort of intruded on our conversation and just started talking about himself and like and then asking us questions and you know asking where we were from and talking about London and he was like you know I'm from London like you're gonna be you're gonna be so disillusioned with it and like you know you're gonna hate it eventually um and we were just there was kind of no way for us to get out of the conversation and um and you know he asked my housemate where she was from she said Canada um and then, and he, uh, he said, oh, you look like you're from London to me. Um, like you must be from London. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Cause like, I wasn't, I wasn't going to correct him. I didn't want to engage and we weren't engaging. Um, you know, we weren't asking him questions or like provoking this in any way. Uh, and eventually he, he kind of got himself together and he's like, right, I'm going to get, I'm going to head off. I said, okay, bye. Um, and he was like, that was quick, like, are you trying to get rid of me? Like, you know, are you in such a rush to, like, get rid of me? Um, and there kind of wasn't anything we could say. He, like, he went out to shake my hands and I just, like, ignored it. And I, I really just felt like saying, do you know what, mate? Like, you know, this is, like, we're having a perfectly nice conversation. We haven't asked you to come up to us and talk to us. We don't want to talk to you. You're not our friend. You're a stranger in a cafe. Um, can you just fuck off? Essentially, like that was really what I wanted to say. But of course, you know, I've had I've had plenty of chats with my mum who used to live in London and and lots of people. Like it's kind of common sense that you don't retaliate and you don't say anything back. Um, basically, like out of out of the fear that like something might happen. And and you know, I have no way of knowing if he was malicious or if he you know had any intent to like you know, do any harm to me or my housemate, but if I'd been sitting there alone, um, you know, it, it potentially could have been 
a more dangerous situation if I'd if I'd retaliated and spoken up and said you know what mate can you just leave us alone you know then he might have got violent or aggressive or like you know just shouted a bit you kind of never know um and you know it's it sparked this this idea in me about harassment and what constitutes harassment um and the way I've sort of characterized it and thought about it is it's kind of any any approach towards um it's usually young women um or you know just women in general um it's you know it it, it I'm sure I have no doubt that it happens to men as well um but to a lesser extent uh when we sort of like the most sort of typical public um sexual harassment what I consider harassment is like um the stereotype of tradies and like trades uh construction workers you know wolf whistling at women um and and it kind of it it usually it's usually one like active participant who's who's doing the shouting or the the advance and then the the intended receiving party is just like having none of it um and I mean it kind of yeah it kind of ranges from a cat call to like just to sort of look up and down checking someone out um and then it kind of escalates a bit to um cornering or following someone um and then and then at the extreme end of the spectrum it's kind of um violence rape um sexual assault of some kind or just like assault in general um and kind of escalated violence like a violent act um, and so while I don't think that a cat call or, um, you know, talking to someone in a cafe and like lean, like bearing over them and, um, and, you know, like engaging in a one-sided conversation, it, I don't think it's the same thing as rape, obviously, but I think it's kind of on, it's a symptom of a larger problem. Um, it's kind of men typically using their space in society and using the power that they've been given by the patriarchy to kind of, um, make, you know, make women engage with them. Um, and, and they kind of take advantage of the fact that they kind of know either instinctively or, um, or, you know, explicitly, like they, they, they have this, like this notion, they know that women can't, they can't retaliate they can't say anything. They like, they don't feel any threat, um, by a young woman in a public space. Um, and in fact, like the, the reverse is true where a woman, you know, even if it's just like a friendly conversation, even if there's no, um, malice or threat, you know, a young woman can feel threatened by that. Um, and I've, I've, I've had, interesting conversations with women in my life um you know some people think that cat calls and like being whistled at by um men on the street or whatever um is a flattering thing um and like to it to a degree I get that and I kind of used to think that a little bit I used to think like oh like you know I'm obviously doing something right like you know my curves are on show or or like whatever it was um but now I, I kind of like have this idea that it is just like a smaller symptom of a larger problem. Um, and so I, I just like, 
I just can't see it in the same way anymore. And and I sort of urge you guys to like think about it in that way. Um, and the thing about the thing about this, the, I I keep using the term harassment because that's just the way I've been like I've I've learnt to think about it. Um, but it could really it's really any sort of um, engagement from like a stranger. Uh, I'm talking like public harassment. I'm not talking like you know someone you know harassing you. I'm talking like a pub, a, like a member of the public, a stranger, wolf whistling, cat calling, cornering, raping, like strangers. I'm not talking about like domestic abuse and like, you know, people, you know, being assholes, even though that is a problem. Um, so, but most of it isn't about the subject. Most of it isn't about like the woman that you're cat calling. It's about impressing your friends. Like, you know, if you think about that typical example of like a construction worker, it's about like proving your masculinity and your heterosexuality to your friends and being like, yeah, like, I think that chick's hot. Like, aren't I cool now? <laughs> like, can I hang out with you guys now? We can talk about chicks and like, and like tits. Like, it's, it's just about proving masculinity and like proving, um, that, that, uh, element of masculinity, which is like, you know, um, really high sex drive, really heightened aggression, um, and, and determination to like follow through with that sex drive. Uh, and it's about, it's about the self. It's about, you know, um, it's about proving something. Um, and this guy in the cafe the other day, like, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't like intruding on us, like, well, he was intruding on us, but he wasn't like asking us deeply personal questions or like, you know, there wasn't anything sexual about it. Um, but he just like wanted to talk about himself. He just wanted someone who was like forced to sit there and listen to him essentially. Um, I'm like, mate, get a therapist. Like everyone has a fucking therapist, like whatever. And then ironically, this is one of the best bits about it. Um, he said, you know, where are you ladies off to today? And we said, oh, we're going to the women's march. And he's like, oh, is that like a Trump thing? And we're like, no, it's a women's thing. Uh, and um, I suppose in some ways it is a Trump thing because he hates women. Um, but it, it's a, it's a women's thing. And he said, Oh yeah, women, they have it so tough in society, man. Like, you know, people just go up to them all the time and like, you know, proposition them and like, you know, ask if they want to see their dick and like all this stuff. And we were like, yeah, can you imagine if someone just like came out up to you like randomly on the street and like, you know, took up your time? Can you imagine? And he was just so obtuse and like, so unaware that like he I honestly thought he just he just thought we would we'd been best friends for years or whatever anyway um so so I want to talk about intent because obviously you know well not obviously but this guy might have been like perfectly harmless he just wanted to like have a chat with someone um and I get that like I understand that it's a problem in society that where we don't you know, we don't talk to each other as much as we used to. And like everyone sits on the train and they just like do their own thing and just stare off into space and like don't make eye contact with anyone. You know, I, I guess that's sad. And there are spaces in society where you can like have sort of friendly conversation if everyone's, I, I've been known to like, you know, strike up conversation in the queue for something or like waiting to pick up a coffee or like, you know, just making a joke about some shared experience that you're having with someone in a public space. And I understand, you know, the need for that and the need for, like, human connection, especially in big cities. Like, it can be, um, 
can be really stressful and it is a rat race. But at the same time, like there's a way to do that where you're not threatening anyone. And I think you, whether you realize it or not, and I think you people need to be, men especially need to be more aware of what women especially deal with and the threats that they face um, and how they have no way of knowing what someone's intent is when they come up to them. They could just want to have a, a really nice chat about like the weather and like, you know, where are you from? Like, that's fine. Like, obviously that's not offensive. That's not going to hurt anyone. But, you know, you, you just, you just can't know. There have been so many terrible cases of, um, you know, women being dragged around alleys and like, you know, raped and or kidnapped or, or killed or, you know, whatever. Like that we kind of have to just assume the worst, like better safe than sorry. Um, and that's why women tend to need to be cagey. Um, and it's not because we're bitches or we're rude or um, whatever it is. It's it's because we have to we have to be careful. We've been we've seen enough examples of women who were careful and then still had something happen to them that we just have to be on our guard all the time. Um, and that hasn't changed. That's that's something that's that my mum talks about that you know, she, she, like, she saw for years in London as well, and it, it's, it happens everywhere, it happens all over the globe, and it's, it's terrifying, so, I mean, women, you know, they, they can't know what someone's intent is, and they can't retaliate, it is this gendered narrative, right, of, like, men approaching women, because, because women know that, well, men know that if, a, like a woman isn't going to come up to them necessarily and like pick a fight with them and then drag them into an alley and rape them because it just doesn't happen. It's not a narrative that happens in society. It's because of the way, you know, gender is structured, like it just doesn't happen. Um, but when it's the reverse, when it is a man sort of um, approaching a woman, women can't retaliate. I, if I had stood up then and said like, you know what, mate, like we're having a conversation. Can you just leave us alone? Like, uh, like even if I'd said it that and I hadn't sworn or I hadn't, you know, got angry and just said, look, mate, like, thanks. For, you know, this has been a great chat, but like, we just need to, we want to get back to it now. Like who knows what could have happened. And you know, in big cities or small cities, whatever, like you don't know if people are on drugs or like have mental illness that, that affects their capacity or like whatever it is. Um, and so men take advantage of, us, of knowing that, that we um, can't retaliate and we can't stand up for ourselves in these public spaces. Um, and they take advantage of that, whether they know it or not. Uh, so, and they, they use it as a space for, for their own personal goals. They, they use it as a space to explore their gender identity or um, or their relationship with their friends or, um, you know, or just, like, talk about their day and, like, talk about what they're experiencing in the world. And, and so, A, the, here are my solutions, right? I try and provide solutions because otherwise it's just a rant of me being like, how terrible is the world? Doesn't the world suck? Um, so... First of all, we need to create spaces for men to talk about their feelings and talk about 
their understandings of masculinity and do it in a way that is safe, that doesn't endanger anyone and doesn't threaten anyone. Um, and, and allows them to like, you know, explore these feelings in a really healthy way. Um, with someone who, who wants to listen, who wants to hear it. Um, I think that's sort of, you know, what that's, that's big structural stuff. Um, also we need to teach boys about their behavior, the space they take up in society, um, how women feel around them. Um, so obviously we need to be teaching the next, gen the next generation of boys, especially not to, you know, assault partners and hit their partners. Um, not to rape women, like basic fundamental stuff. And, you know, that, that's happening. We're seeing big structural changes in the way that parenting is done now. Instead of teaching young girls, you know, um, keep your keys in between your fingers when you're walking to your car so you can scratch your man's eyes out. Or like, you know, I can't even remember what that four-step self-defense thing is, but it's like foot, groin, neck, eyes or something. Um, you know, instead of teaching girls that we need to be teaching our boys, don't threaten women. Don't assault women. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what a woman's wearing, if she's wearing a short skirt, if she's, you know, smiling, if she's whatever, like if a woman's wearing headphones and she can't hear you come up behind her, like we need to be teaching boys just don't assault women, like straight up. And then as soon as that that culture changes, women will feel more comfortable around men because they won't feel threatened. At the moment, the threat is too real for women to like really relax and, and be like, oh, a stranger, like I'm happy to chat to a stranger, no worries. Um, I truly believe that as we see rates of rape decline and rates of violence against women decline, we will see an increase in sort of public friendliness. Um, because there's that trust, right? Like at the moment, there's just no trust. And there's a very good reason for that. Like I shouldn't be expected to trust anyone. Um, because it hasn't been proven to me that people can be trusted. In fact, it's been disproven to me repeatedly. Um, that's pretty personal though. If you want me to tell you some stories of like how terrible people are, hit me up. Uh, wow, I think that's it. It's been, it's been lovely to like come back and do some podcasting. I've decided to ditch the idea of, um, of like vlogging on YouTube because I just found I was way too intimidated to like sit down and record because my hair wasn't perfect, but now you can't see me and I'm not wearing any makeup and I'm in my track pants and like, I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, and it just works better, I reckon. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's it for this week. I'm hoping to do like a backlog of podcasts um, before I start my new job um, so that I can like keep releasing content on a pretty regular basis. Uh, awesome. Okay. If you liked this, um, please rate and review in the iTunes store. Uh, I'm working on getting this uploaded to Spotify as well, but it's on SoundCloud. Um, so yeah, um, feel free to head to my website, thetermsandconditions.net. Um, and all of my social media will be on there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, thanks so much for listening. Uh, and hopefully I'll see you next time on the Terms and Conditions. Okay, bye. Bye.